This is the premier podcast for late model dirt track racing. This is Forward Bite, hosted by superfan and actual know-it-all Kyle Armstrong on the Speed Sport Podcast Network. Welcome back to another edition of the Forward Bite Podcast on the Speed Sport Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Armstrong. This week, we're going to cover the races that happened this weekend, and we've got a special guest in studio here with us, Ross Bells. Ross, how you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. You ran had some pretty good uh, races this weekend, a little bit of a heartbreaker yesterday, but we'll talk more about that later. Man, before we get too far, I want to dedicate this show in memory of Leroy Rumley. Leroy passed away this weekend, longtime car owner, and just a face that you would see every dirt late model race you would go to pretty much. I mean, he has owned cars for seven decades, a 2016 national dirt late model hall of fame inductee and Leroy were, uh, we'll really miss him. And, uh, you know, it's tough, really tough loss, but we have to make a mention of it here on the show for sure. But anyway, yeah, rest in peace, Leroy Rumley. So let's see. Also, I want to I want to let everybody know the uh, the podcast is now on Google Podcast. I believe it's on Apple Podcast. Any of those places you can watch pod or listen to podcasts, you know, I think you can find it out there. Just let me know. Let let us know if you can if you find it where you're listening to it. And I hope you enjoy enjoy it. You can go back and listen to those first two episodes. They kind of flew under the radar a little bit. We did we talked to Kyle Strickler on the first week. And then Nick Hoffman on the second week, and those were great conversations. So if you get a chance, go back and uh, revisit those if you didn't get a chance to listen to them. I think you'll really enjoy them. So this weekend, we had some great weather here in the Carolinas for sure. We had uh, the race at Lancaster Saturday is where I went. They had 18 cars. It was a Carolina Clash race, 10,000 to win. Zach Mitchell came out on top in that race. It was a really good race, man. A lot of, a lot of slicing and dicing for the lead up front and... You know, it was Chris Ferguson came up through there and was really getting ready to take the lead with about 10 laps to go and just went in there a little bit too hot and turned two and got into the wall and, you know, it messed up his night. So Brett Ham finished second. Ross Bell's sitting here beside me. He finished third. Brandon Overton was fourth and Ben Watkins rounded out the top five. And I, I wanted to, I, I wanted to mention this. It's not really related to the race, but man, this was the, one of the funniest things I've ever really saw at a racetrack in my life and i've been i've seen a lot but uh tyler carpenter they were pulling out onto the track there and he had it and a lot of them guys they have their four wheelers and everything where they load their tires and their jack and their wrenches and all that stuff well he comes out there and he has just got him sitting on the deck of his car and he's coming down the back stretch and we see him and i'm in the infield there in turn three just watching and he he goes in the turn three there and slings that car down in the corner like he's warming his tires and he slings those tires off almost throws the jack off a couple of a couple a couple of impact drivers and everything flying through the air and i mean everybody out there was just dying laughing i I don't know if he even knew he did it but it was just it was pretty wild it was funny to see uh everybody got a kick out of it so Anyway, I wanted to throw that out there. They also had a race Saturday night down at Sonoa, Georgia, the Billy Clanton Classic. I believe it paid ten thousand to win. Chris Madden won that race. It was pretty much a kind of like a I'd say probably a follow the leader kind of deal. It, Madden got out front, and that was pretty much it. I I got home in time from I, I got home from Lancaster in time to get on 
get on the TV there, and I was able to watch that race too. So they were kind of running late, I guess, compared to Lancaster. Mike Marler finished second down there. Billy Moyer Jr. was third. Ashton Winger was fourth, and Michael Page rounded up the top five. And I'll give a shout out to my buddy Will Harrington. He won that big race down in Louisiana this weekend at Deep South Speedway, a big crate race. Congratulations, Will. Good job, man. And Joseph Brown also picked up a five thousand to win at Needmore. And then Sunday, all eyes in the dirt world were on Cherokee Speedway for the 30th annual Blue-Gray 100, where Brandon Overton picked up the win. Benji Hicks finished second. Both of those guys pitted on lap 60 for tires, and, I mean, it was a tire race. I don't think – I think there was one car that finished the race on the tires he started with, and I think that was Johnny Persley. Kyle Strickler finished third. Tyler Carpenter was fourth. Brett Hamm was fifth. Ross Bell's here sitting beside me. He he qualified. He was the fast qualifier, won his heat race, won the redraw, led led every lap until lap seventy five when his right rear tire went away. And I mean, that's just a heartbreaker, and you really hate to see it. I mean, I was hoping I was going to be talking to the winner of the Blue Gray One Hundred here on the show. So, Ross, man, tough break. You hate to see that happen. Yeah, uh, you know that's the first time I've ever led that race. Um, so I was kind of, you know, I didn't really know what to do. But looking back, I, I really couldn't have done anything different. Don't know that. I mean, I, I don't know that there was anything I could have done to make to make the tire last a hundred laps. Um, we, we only lasted seventy five, which is less than less than I thought I was going to last. But even Chris Madden, he uh, he only made it to lap ninety three, and then he had a right rear flat. So um, we're going to have to figure out something to either get a tire that lasts 100 laps at Gaffney or maybe shorten it or change something, you know, to where it's not as much of a tire game as, as it is right now. Yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of, I'm kind of in the – I'm opposite of that in a way. I, I enjoy seeing the strategy of the tires. I mean, it's – you know, I don't know. Maybe it would be neat if a tire would make it to all 100 laps. But to me, it's really, really pretty cool to see that strategy come into play. Like – uh, I mean, you were just a sitting duck out there. I mean, they, there was nothing you could have done, and it was so. Yeah, I mean, being a leader, you know, I don't, I don't think I would have pulled in anyways. It would have been yeah. really hard to. Um, I, I mean, I'm like you. I like this. I like the tire strategy thing. It's just nobody. Well, I guess Johnny was the only one that made it, but you know, it's almost to where nobody made made the hundred laps. Yeah, a lot of a lot of cautions. I bet that race probably took an hour and a half or something, if I had to guess. Yeah, I started worrying about you know uh, not having enough fuel when I came in. I was telling my guys put fuel in it, but we didn't have any down there, so I was I was worried about not running out of fuel. But heck, we had plenty left. We checked it after the race, and we were good to go on that end. Yeah, that race kind of reminded me of the Pittsburgher One Hundred earlier this year in a way, the way those tires were going. So, but yeah, I mean, like I said, there wasn't much you could have done different on that deal. So, yeah, Brandon Overton won it. I mean, it was like, you know, he pitted at lap 60, and I told somebody that were, that was sitting beside me, I said, man, he's going to look like a genius here at the end of this thing, I think. And and sure enough, came out on top. And then, of course, I was tell, I was also telling him, you were, I was like, man, I said, Ross is probably just a sitting duck out there. I, and them guys behind him have got tires, and I didn't think yours would last, and sure enough, it didn't. But, of course, Chris Madden, I mean, he held him off till he was leading it on lap 93. I just don't know if he couldn't pass or what the deal was kind of a lockdown track, but yeah, I mean, I think, you know, that's kind of how Brandon's years gone, you know, he's, yeah. 
he hadn't made any wrong decisions. It's just everything's going right for him. And that's kind of how ours is going for us. We just can't have any luck, yeah. it seems like, which, I mean, I guess that wasn't really luck. But uh, it just we, we had a good car and just weren't able to get it done. Oh, yeah. Like I said, there's nothing you could have done, man. I wouldn't hang your head on it. But it's like earlier this year at the Grassy Smith Memorial there at Gaffney, you – well, Overton was leading that race on the last lap, and he had a flat go on the last lap, and you were the one that passed him and won that race. So it's like they, you know, they work out both ways sometimes. I guess you could say. Oh yeah, I mean you gotta have you know you gotta have lady luck on your side every once in a while. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, let's see. Well, Ross, man, you're gonna you got that '58 Big Frog Rocket chassis ride. You'll be driving that thing all next year, won't you? Yeah, that's the game plan right now. I think um, as of right now, we're shooting to run the to chase the uh word of outlaws rookie title um so we're trying to get all all of our ducks in a row for that and get everything lined up well hopefully that goes good for y'all be running out of the clover shop then won't you yeah um i'll get them there out of florida so you know I, we'll go to speed weeks or whatever and probably race i guess out of their shop or you know stay right there at the track and then um once we come back up up this way we'll stay at our shop because you know, it just makes way more sense racing out of, our, out of our shop. Yeah, it's more logistically, you know, makes more sense. So, yeah, I mean, I, I just wanted to, I mean, I've probably, I've watched you race pretty much your whole career, but I really don't exactly remember how you started. I know your dad, Todd, raced limited sportsmen and everything at Gaffney, uh, Thunder and Lightning and all that back in the day. And, I mean, he was right up in the mix with them guys every week. And I know you just kind of grew up around that, and just naturally, that's you know what you became was a race car driver. So I just don't remember exactly what year and what where you started. I think I started like oh three oh four something like that. Um, Dad got me a four cylinder car, a Mustang. Okay. I think he got it from maybe Ronnie Mosley or somebody like that. Yeah. Um, and you know everybody says I sucked in the four cylinder, which I guess I didn't have the results, but. He got me like a, it was like a rookie four or stock four car, but he made me run it in the class up like a mod four. So, I mean, I was, you know, a little under power and stuff like that. So I never did win a four cylinder race. Um, but then he, he let me drive his late model. He, he had a crate car back when they first came out, like, I guess it was probably oh five oh six something like that. And he let me drive it one night and I was running good. I think I was actually passing a guy for fifth coming to the checkered or white flag or something like that and then i wasn't used to that power steering so i stuffed her in the in the wall you know uh didn't finish the race tore the car up so the next year i I ran four cylinders again and then he bought that he actually bought we sold that car to uh danny williams who john personally drove for and then uh, he bought that car back it was a 1996 grt and then in 07 i started racing it and uh got my first win that year oh that's cool man well you know you grew up in in clover the personally family down there is a pretty big name the bells family is a pretty big name y'all are both in racing and it seems like you get a lot of community support for both of your for both of you guys has there ever been a rivalry or anything between the two of you or is it just pretty much just been buddies yeah right when we first started running um late models we kind of had a little bit of a rivalry but uh we're big we're big friends now uh we work together a lot, and uh, you know we do the same kind of business, uh, grading work. So we work to work together a lot. We park beside each other, and uh, you know, like you said, a lot of people from Clover they either pull for me or Johnny or both. Yeah, exactly. That's that's kind of the way I see it. It's cool to have that 
hometown background of, you know, those guys to have somebody to pull for, for sure. And it seems like you guys get along. I mean, you drove his car last year at the blue gray 100 and I didn't see that coming. Like that was kind of out of nowhere for sure. Yeah. That was right when, uh, me and Barry split up and, uh, you know, we just, we got together and Johnny let me, he, he let me drive it and heck, we, we had a good run that, that year. Yeah. I was wanting to ask you a little bit about, you know, since you just mentioned it, Barry Wright, how was that working for him? I mean, he's legendary and you had a pretty good run with him last year. Barry, he's very knowledgeable. Um, I enjoyed driving for him and he taught me a lot. And, you know, some of the stuff I'm learning now is because of stuff he, he taught me, you know, that I'm just now picking up kind of like on tires and stuff like that. Um, and you know, he's got a really good car too. So we, I thought we did pretty good together. I, you know, was kind of upset when, when, when we split up, but you know, I guess that's business. Yeah, I guess so. It looks like it looks like maybe now he's going to be helping Zach Mitchell from what I could see this weekend, but I'm not for sure. Yeah, I think they'll be good together. I mean, I, I think I think Zach's a really good driver. I think, uh, you know, he don't get enough credit for, for the stuff he's accomplished. I mean, he's won, I guess, the past three Ultimate Series and a Clash Series uh, before that. So I think they'll be good together. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah, so you were talking about you're talking about racing. You raced a lot at Carolina and Lancaster and Gaffney and a lot of those tracks back in those times. But you didn't really Chester. I remember seeing you go there a lot, and man, I missed that track too for sure. But you guys didn't really travel and get out and go to a lot of these big races like you have these last couple of years. What do you? How is that on the road? And does everybody enjoy it and all that? Yeah, I mean, I love it. Um, and we still we we don't get out like we I guess we should. Um, you know, I guess we stay probably, for the most part, five or six hours from the house. You know, like when we go to Eldora, I think that's seven or eight hours. And then we went to Wisconsin this year. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I like going to new places. Uh, it's just, it's kind of hard because you got to learn a lot in a short amount of time. And this stuff costs so much. So if you don't pick it up real quick, you're, you know, you're losing money. Yeah, I remember, actually, I do remember you guys going out to Cedar Lake five or uh i don't know six seven eight years ago yeah we went back in it might have been like 2010 yeah they had and, that fans fun deal right and, and yeah. then we just we did it again this year uh they got us out there with that fans fun and you know that that makes it worthwhile going out there because you get some money you get some tow money and uh i mean that, that place is awesome I, I really enjoy going there and i think we ran like 10th there so uh we were pleased with that well, before the break, Ross, we were talking about going to Cedar Lake, and it just made me think, you know, how, how do you enjoy going up there? That's a track that I always look look at and say, man, that's a place I'd really like to get to go one day. And just, you know, how was the trip up there, and how'd you guys run? And, you know, I, I can you'll, you'll be back there next year for sure. Yes, yeah, it definitely should be on uh, everybody's bucket list. Um, it's they They have, like, 900 camping spots uh i mean <laughs> yeah i think it's actually a campground um outside the racetrack so you got people camping that there that don't even go to the race plus you got the people that go to the race that are camping there so um i mean it's just an awesome atmosphere they have a big party you know uh right before the feature they'll cut the lights out and they'll have everybody in the stands cut on their cell phone or turn lights on or whatever and uh they'll introduce each driver one at a time with the spotlight you know so that's uh that's pretty cool yeah that makes you feel like a big dog when they do that don't it oh yeah when they uh 
when they said my name, I gassed it up and yeah. held it to the floor, and, and you know, I thought it was pretty cool. That is cool, man. Well, you know, back back when we mentioned it earlier, you won the Grassy Smith Memorial there at Cherokee Speedway. That was the week after that Stream Invitational race at Eldora. They they missed they missed the uh, invite on you going to the Stream, didn't they? Yeah, that was right when my uh, little boy was born. Um, so okay, yeah. I I didn't get the invite, but I. I got asked if I was going to be able to, if, if, if I did get the invite, would I be able to go? And, uh, you know, I told him I wasn't, my little boy was being born. So I had to stick around the house for that. Yeah. I didn't consider the timing of all that, but that's true. How's he doing by the way? Oh, he's awesome. Uh, he's getting, I guess he's, he's turning six months here on the 29th. So, uh, he's growing like a weed and it won't be long. He'll be crawling. He's already kind of starting to try. So, I mean, it's it's pretty cool being a dad. He already likes racing, from what I can tell. Yeah, we took him um, when we did that Ray Cook series. We took him, Constance. Uh, they went with us. We borrowed a buddy of mine's camper, and they stayed in the camper during the races. So, he he went to the races, but he didn't go. You know, uh, when we started, they go in the camper. Um, this past Saturday was the first race he's been to, where he actually stayed during the whole race and. He, he seemed to do well with it. Yeah, but just riding down the road and going to the racetracks, half the fun sometimes. So he got to you oh, know, yeah. do that for sure. Yeah. A buddy of mine, uh, he's, <laughs> we were laughing about it. He said Jordan's been to more races than he has. Yeah. Or more, more tracks than he has. And he's like 30-something. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool, man. I, You know, I was I was looking at it earlier. I've, I've been to like 54 races this year. And to be in the middle of a pandemic year, I mean, that's – that's a pretty good number. I, I didn't ever shoot to, you know, aim that high or whatever, but that worked pretty good. And, you know, you were talking about going to those Southern Nationals races. I had I had a little bit of fun. I got to go to three of those this summer. And, you know, you came off of that deal at Gaffney and won that race, and I thought that you'd just automatically be a favorite to win. And you just you struggled and couldn't find the speed that you needed. But you're consistently top five every night, but you just could never find victory lane, and that really surprised me. Yeah, I mean, we led several races. Um, we led Tri-County, Needmore. Uh, we had some flats. We led I-75. I think we set fast time nine of the 12 races, something like that. Um, exactly, yeah. I, it was just crazy. So, yeah, we were fast, but, I mean, like I said, we just had, we had, I think, four or five flat tires, just a lot of bad luck. Um, and then some of it was we, we fell off in the feature a little bit, but we were fast. We just couldn't like you said we just weren't able to find victory lane yeah crossville or somewhere it seems like if i remember right you got turned around by chris madden and that was where the whole trailer park (laughs) t-shirt deal came from yeah that was uh that was a bad night um he spun me around i wasn't too happy about it and then i guess the people in the stands they weren't too happy about it either oh yeah but 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 a good t-shirt idea yeah yeah, it it. it worked out great for me on that (laughs) end of it uh we saw Uh, saw a lot of t-shirts yeah man that's what's cool about the sport i was telling kyle strickler the other week you know he he capitalizes on little stuff like that and sells t-shirts and and you know definitely with that deal right there man you guys you guys hit on something that's a good looking t-shirt yeah i wasn't i wasn't able to win the race i figured i gotta yeah get something somewhere so uh it worked out good for us yeah i i i got to take my camper to the first couple of races on that deal and you know we were we kind of ran up the road together in a way that, yeah. was, that was fun yeah that's the first time i've ran that deal um i mean it's a lot of racing but it's a lot of fun and i mean i learned a lot just racing every single day like that yeah going to all those different tracks yeah. you definitely 
seeing something you hadn't ever seen and learning. And I mean, that's good. I mean, you'll go into that deal next year to world of outlaws and you'll be, I'd say a lot. I mean, those tracks aren't on the world of outlaw schedule for the most part, but you know, I'd say you'll definitely learn a lot by racing like that. Oh yeah. And I mean, uh, it'll be a learning curve on that, on that deal too, but hopefully we can pick it up quick. Yeah, for sure. Well then, then after that, they, uh, I mean, the man, they, in, they did invite you to the intercontinental classic there in September. You went up there and ran that thing on the first night. And if I remember right, you left and came back down here and raced somewhere else that weekend, didn't you? No, that was the, um, dirt track world championship up at Portsmouth. Okay. We, uh, we didn't, we qualified pretty good. Um, that was the first time I ever been to that track. So I was learning the track and then we qualified like 10th or something in our group and started fourth in the heat race. And I think they were taking top three or top four. And I fell back two spots in the heat race. They, they had reworked the track after yeah. qualifying. So I saw two different tracks at one. I night. remember hearing you say yeah. that. Um, so we weren't any good in the heat race. I mean, and I think it was mainly me just not knowing where I needed to be or what I needed to do as far as driving. Um, and then we <laughs> We got we got the car loaded up and we looked at the B main lineups and it was like Jimmy Owens in front of me, Tyler, I think Kyle Strickler might have been in front of me. And they were taking like the top two. And they were two taking two. <laughs> yeah. I was starting sixth or eighth or something. So I was that, like That's a tough crowd. I said, We're I don't think we're gonna make any money here at this place yeah. uh, this weekend. So we went on down to Sumter and we actually ended up winning that race. Yeah, that worked out pretty good. I don't know what I was thinking about the uh intercontinental it seems like you went there for the first night though i can't remember no exactly. we just we just weren't any good that just weekend. not no good that that, week. that place was wide open and we were just way too tight and just uh i don't even know if we how'd they do it did, did they run a feature on friday night yeah on friday thursday and friday i, I think, didn't even watch any of it honestly live so i don't i, I didn't think we might keep have made, up with it too good i think we might have made one feature or something like that and we didn't make the other yeah. and then we didn't make the big one i was out of town obviously i'm always there i kind of just uh didn't watch it in protest that we couldn't go in a way <laughs> to be honest with you man that sucks because we always look forward to going to eldora every year and it's fun you know that you guys have started going up there and yeah. yeah, last year was the first time yeah. I went, and it was I was very impressed. I mean, yeah. it's kind of like a Charlotte, but it's dirt late models only. It's kind of is the way I saw it. You know, Charlotte, you got the late models and sprint cars and big blocks, but Eldora is just late model country. Yeah, Charlotte's kind of like NASCAR, but right. up there, yeah. it's the guys are serious. Yeah, it's about not late quite models. as classy as, as Charlotte, but man, they I mean. But it's awesome. And you said that like Cedar Lake has 900 campers. They probably got 9,000 up there. Yeah. I'm not exaggerating. It's yeah. it's it's fun. I mean, we we always enjoy going, and it was a bummer not to get to go this this year. And I think I've kind of hit on that on every episode so far, but that's just what Eldora means to me right. to get to go and spectate for sure. Well, you, uh, you ran a lot of crate racing back in the day, and about 2010 2011 and some supers too but man i remember some of them crate races were some of the best races i ever watched down at carolina yeah we ran at carolina a lot and gaffney um and like you said chester we used to race there a lot um and i think the first year or well 07 was the first year i ran crate and then 08 we won like 13 features um and then ronnie mccarter he started helping me out in 09 that's the felony farms guy he uh right yeah he he bought me a limited motor and a super motor and he spent a bunch of money on me uh trying to get me to the next level um but yeah we we worked our way up 
through the ranks, I guess you could say. Yeah, Ronnie's been a big part of your racing career for sure. He's always there and always supportive, and I'm sure he spends a lot of money with you guys. He has, uh, and I mean, he he's still there with me today. I mean, he's uh, he kind of is family. Um, yeah, but I mean, he's he's like a second dad to me. Yeah, that's awesome. He he seems like a great guy. I've never really spent much time talking with him, but but your dad though, Todd. I mean, he raced back in the day and Thunder and the Lightning, Limited Sportsman. We kind of hit on that a little while ago, but. You know, tell us a few stories about you growing up around your dad. I mean, your dad's always super nice, and he'll probably listen to listen and hear me say that. And I'm not exaggerating on that either. I mean, he's, man, he's, uh, to me, he's super nice, but I'm sure he has some times where he wants to throw something too. Oh, yeah. He's got a temper on him. <laughs> I mean, but yeah, like you said, he's, he's a real nice guy. Uh, he gets along with about everybody, and I feel like everybody gets along with him. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you, you mentioned we were going to, or you said, told me to think about a story of him and i guess the best one i could think of was uh the watermelon race at cherokee speedway they had a watermelon race to where you had to hold the watermelon with one hand and hold it on the roof <laughs> so uh, i think they paid like 500 500 or maybe a thousand dollars or something like that to win 10 laps something like that um and they had late models you know dad had a monte carlo they they let anybody race it well dad got the idea that he was going to take his knife and cut holes out like you know stick his fingers like a bowling in, ball like a bowling ball <laughs> i guess nobody else thought of it so there was people dropping the watermelons on the track and dad was just i remember watching it dad was just steady holding it on there and i mean he beat him pretty bad and he, he won the race and then they came in and people were raising hell about it saying he was cheating and stuff like that but they let it go and they passed tech he passed tech somehow. <laughs> I don't know why I've never heard of that. That's great, man. Yeah, that's awesome. That was that was the only one, that's the only time I've seen that. But that was that was pretty cool. The watermelon race. <laughs> yeah, they probably didn't have it again because they 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 figured it. They would cheat it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh man, that's great. Yeah, but man, I, I remember your dad raced with Scott Tessner and Mike Messer and all them guys back in the day, and just those were some awesome races too. I mean, you you had to enjoyed growing up and watching those oh yeah you could you know they could beat and bang a little bit more i guess than we can in the late model yeah. stuff uh you don't tear up quite as much whenever you rub like you do with the with when we're racing yeah those were some those are some good races back in those days man i remember they would go off in there three wide for the lead and that was on the big track too a oh, lot yeah. of the times and i mean they they were flying in those old monte carlos and stuff and they raced i mean it was yeah dad he really liked running those Monte Carlos and Camaros and stuff like that. You didn't ever race any of those kind of cars, did you? No, I drove his Camaro one night at Thunder Valley. Um, heck, it had been sitting in the in the yard for like two or three years, and I was not any good in it. Yeah. I don't know whether it was me or the car, but it just it didn't suit me. I got gotcha. you. Well, let's see here. What else we got? Well, like I said, you're going to run that World of Outlaw deal next year, starting down at... At Volusia, what do you think about? Don't you think there's too many races? Like they go to Volusia in January, and you go back in February, and well, I've never been to the whole speed weeks. I guess I usually go to Brunswick and Scrabble. Yeah, is what we shoot for. Um, so I've never been to Volusia, but yeah, I think it is a little weird. They're racing. What is it? First of January at Volusia. Yeah, and then one month later, they're right back at the same place. Yeah, to me, kind of. I, I don't mean to put it down in any kind of way. I hope it's successful, but. To me, in a way, it sort of cheapens the product. That, right. To me, because 
I like going to let race in Volusia and February. It's a big deal. All the NASCAR people usually come over and the place is packed, but I can't see that race in January being that big of a, I don't think that many people will go down there. I don't know. What's the reasoning for doing that? Do you know? Well, last year they had that crate race that weekend and, and it was, it was, you know, just a crate race. Now they're wanting to put the super race. I shouldn't talk bad about it, and I'm really no, I mean, not. But it's just it, like yeah, I hope it works out. It's just like I hope that uh, I hope it pans out. But I just can't see like a person like me getting that taken off and twice. going to Florida. Yeah. You know, from yeah. but hopefully there's enough people down there local that will go and right. support it for sure. Well, I guess you know there's not really a lot of super racing in Florida outside of Speed Week. I don't think so. Maybe. Maybe that's when I do want it to give them something more to. Yeah, and it sort of seems like if you're going to try to run the speed weeks between East Bay and all that, you got to go way down there and then, right, and then circle back around. You know, it seemed like it was perfect starting in Brunswick, but I don't know. I don't make the schedule either. Either way, it's a lot of racing. A lot of racing, and I I think uh, I think you'll run good at Volusia. That car you're going to be driving historically runs great at Volusia, so I think you'll go down there and have a pretty good run. Yeah, I mean everybody says the year. Everybody says it's, you know, a fast track, and I guess I'm a, kind of known for stomping the throttle, so hopefully it'll, it'll be good for me. Before we continue our conversation with Ross Bell, do you want to know how the people in motorsports got to be where they are today? Check out How I Got Here, hosted by author and former NASCAR staff writer Tim Packman, available Wednesday morning at 10 a.m. on the Speed Sport Podcast Network and nascar.com slash podcasts. Well, Ross, back before we took the break there, I was asking you about going to Volusia. We were kind of talking about that, and you mentioned you'd never been there, you'd never seen the place, anything like that. But, you know, I saw your name come up on iRacing a lot there back during the oh, shutdown. And, yeah, you, yeah, I outrun you a couple good. times on there. <laughs> but so Volusia's on iRacing. Do you think you would use that as a tool to kind of prepare for going? You know, I did I did go to Volusia when I, when I was trying to do the iRacing, but... Uh, not knocking the actual eye racing, but it just did not translate for me. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was God awful at it and I wasn't getting any better. And I, I guess I just didn't have time to do it. But now I will say the tracks, like they are, that's the most realistic thing I think is, uh, like, you know, the tracks I've been to like Charlotte and, uh, what other tracks they have on that? Like Charlotte, Eldora, I think. Eldora, yeah. Those, I Lama mean, land. the way they change and stuff throughout the night on iRacing is very similar. Uh, yeah, I feel like it's pretty. It's a pretty good rep- representation of what it would be like. I've never drove one, but I, I have a lot of fun when we get on there and race for sure. You just, just you just need to get a hold of Trent Ivy. I mean, he's the one that's got all them setups in the bag. Yeah, I mean, I, heck, when I got on there, I, I don't know. I just wanted to wreck people. <laughs> yeah, you get somebody good to send you a setup, and you'll be you'll be okay. But I don't know. For me, it just. Uh, it just didn't translate as far as the drive, yeah. the steering wheel and the gas pedal. But, you know, like, what do you think? You think it, I mean, you, like Kyle Larson, he was on it. You think that helped him ease into the dirt lake model or? I, would, I wouldn't. Well, yeah, you're probably right about that. But I was going to say, well, for the dirt lake model, it probably did. Like he, got he did in race it, on there a lot. He got in that. But I was going to say, just in general, he probably don't need a whole lot of help. Well, he, you know, <laughs> but I feel like it. For him, yeah. I feel like it should have took him more than what he won on the second race yeah out. were you like, up there at that race that no week? i wasn't but i watched it i did just, too it was know, impressive what he did for sure I, I probably wouldn't have watched it if he wasn't racing i was wanting to see how he did yeah and i mean like you said for him to do that that was impressive very impressive so do you think that you think the i racing helped him on that? i think it probably did for him on that just throttle control and 
he's got one of those nice sim rigs. It's probably $15,000 yeah. that he sits in and he, you know, he get a little bit more of a feel of it on that yeah, compared like to a, what I got. The kitchen chair and yeah. <laughs> kitchen table and steering wheel. Well, I actually built a sim rig back during, you know, back in April or so, me and my dad went out and built one and it turned out pretty nice and comfortable. It's got a Miata seat. It's real comfortable. <laughs> you can sit there for hours and hours in it, but Ever since I put that thing together, I really hadn't spent much time in it. It was like everything started opening back up, and I hadn't been on there in quite a while. But hopefully over the uh, winter time here, I'll get a chance to kind of get back in there. And hopefully you do, too, and we'll get on there and run some races together. Yeah, well, I actually, my wife has been on my ass about selling it. So Selling it. I actually just sold it. Um, Did you? Yeah. You know, I, I, I just, I wasn't any good in it. Like I said, I, I didn't have the time to get good at it. So I hope, you know, I guess with this coronavirus, the numbers going up, I hope it don't get back to where that's, oh, what we, that's all we've got to do. Yeah, um, I hope not. Man, I, yeah, for but, sure. You know, I mean, it, it was fun racing against people like you and uh, other drivers and stuff, but I just, I, I couldn't line up. Yeah it, helped, yeah, it helped pass the time back during all that shutdown. And yeah, goodness gracious, I hope it doesn't get back to that again. I mean, it was... That was something that helped us take our mind off of it, but I don't think we had any idea that this whole virus deal would last this long. And I mean, it's, you know, numbers are ramping back up and stuff like that. But yeah, definitely, I hope it doesn't get back to that just so we can run our race. You think it, you think it's hurt <laughs> dirt racing or helped it? The virus? Yeah. In a way, I, I would say it's probably the best thing that's ever happened to the sport. I agree. I mean, every just race I went to this year was where they had pan- fans, where they were able to have them. Yeah, I mean, there wasn't a seat left. I mean, it was absolutely yeah. packed. Yeah, I think I think a lot of eyes are on dirt late model racing right now. And I kind of mentioned it last week in the show that I really do think that this sport is growing and it's going to be somewhere bigger than you've ever seen it next year for sure. All these races will be live. Um, you know, whenever these tracks come to these people's back or these ra- these series come to people's backyard, they want to go see it because they hadn't been able to go out and do anything else. And, and to me, I, I just, I'm really thankful that this is my hobby, you know, the dirt late model racing or dirt racing, racing in general motorsports that we can go out and enjoy this sport because there's a lot of other sports that have been shut down this year. I don't think you can go to an NFL game in some states yet and stuff like that. And, you know, thank goodness that we've got dirt racing to, to, to watch and keep up with for sure. Yeah. I mean, I don't, like I said, I don't, I don't know that it helped it, but it definitely didn't hurt it on like the bigger shows. You know, I didn't really go to many weekly shows this year, but every every race I went to, the stands were packed. Yeah, exactly. And I, and I think that uh, I think Kyle Larson helped to sport dirt of of dirt. You know, whether it be midgets or sprint cars, late models, whatever. By him running, I think all eyes were on it at that time. And you know, maybe there was somebody that was a fan of his, and they watched you know our race at Port or the dirt late model race at Port Royal, and they said. You know, maybe they've became a late model fan. I know I watch more midget races and sprint car races and everything this this year, mainly from being at home, you know, not, or not being able to go to the track and watching a lot of those races on TV and mainly to keep up with what Larson was doing. Really, he's had an impressive year. But I think that a lot of other people will, you know, were just like that and watching it for the first time. Maybe they'd never seen it. You know, I don't think I, I didn't watch as many midget races and stuff like that in the past as I have this year. So, yeah, if, I, if I'm thinking like that, then I definitely think that it's, you know, yeah. grown in a way. Yeah, I, I don't I hadn't watched any of the midget or sprint car races. I just it's not really my cup of tea. But like I said earlier, 
I wouldn't have watched that race at Port Royal had he not have gone there. Yeah. I was just wanting to see, you know, how quick he could learn. And I mean, heck he showed out. Yeah. You know, and a lot of, a lot of race car drivers say they don't like to watch racing and I'm hearing that from you right now. I mean, to me, I just like all kinds of racing. I can go drag racing or whatever, but I know you're focused on mainly doing that one, you know, mainly winning and doing good and running and that. But, um, at the same time, I was just wondering, do you, you know, do you not like ever like going and watching a race if you're off or uh, whatever? I, like, I mean, I'll watch other late model races. Yeah. But I don't really enjoy watching NASCAR. Like, uh, when Constance used to work at the Speedway, I, I went up there and did the drag race and watched it. And I just, I don't know, I just couldn't really get into it. But I mean, yeah, when I'm not racing, I'll watch, uh, if there's a late model race on, I'll watch it. Yeah, that NHRA stuff spectacular too. You got to hear that. Oh see yeah, it. I mean it's it's impressive and, yeah. and loud, but I don't know. It just took too much time for me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I guess I kind of got bored watching it or something. Yeah, I don't know. It's just I've always been a spectator. I I raced. You know, we had some go karts we played around with there for a little while and just had fun. But you know, I wish that maybe I could do that again one day. But I don't know, man. I just love going to these races, and it's just all about the ride. You know, going and and the people that you meet and the camaraderie and yeah, that's all pretty important. I feel like, you know, that might be a part where we struggle in a few years. I don't, I don't think there's a whole lot of people mine and your age that enjoy it. Like you do, um, you know, like, I mean, you're an avid fan of the racing and I don't know. It just seems like people our age are in the other stuff. If they're not driving or working on it or whatever. Yeah. The, that's true too i think i'm probably a rare breed I, I can't think of anything else i would rather do like i sat there at gaffney yesterday in the grandstands and i was thinking man this is this is there ain't no other place on the earth, on planet earth i'd rather be maybe i don't know any better or something but like i was sitting there thinking man this is you know this is great big late model race and i feel that way a lot of times about the places i go but you know i, I think people like you know a little older than us that that's how they are you know yeah but, but yeah, there's people, not a whole lot of people right. our age going. Yeah. For whatever the reason. I mean, I'm like you. I love it. I, yeah, I don't know. Maybe they like sitting and playing video games, but I guess. Man, yesterday it was it was a hard day to not get out. That yeah, was a exactly. beautiful day yeah. for sure. I mean, you don't have that kind of weather in November usually. No. At that race. Yeah. Usually it's cold. Yeah, I had a t shirt on all day yesterday. You know, a lot of times you go to that place and you're you wear like a one piece overall suit or whatever to right. stay warm. <laughs> but and like was, you said, it wasn't even really that dusty. I mean, no. Uh, you know, the racing wasn't spectacular, but it, it probably wasn't bad for the fans cause it wasn't that dusty. Yeah. Yeah. Once, once you guys blew the dust off of it in hot laps, it was pretty much, it was clean all day. I don't, I never wore safety glasses or anything like that to watch it. So it was a pretty good, pretty good show. I thought, right. in my opinion, it was really interesting. I mean, like we, we said earlier, you know, I told, I told this guy, I said, man, yeah, Overton, he's a, he's a really a genius for doing that. And, <laughs> You know, you couldn't pull off and pit and right. leading the race. Well, I think but. he was running second or third when he pulled off. So I mean, that was a he made a he made yeah, it was a, a bold decision. move. Yeah. It was a really a bold move, and that's why I was but, like, that was genius. Yeah, and it and turned out to kind of was. Yeah, it worked out. Pretty but good I guess for him. if me and Mad would have made uh, all one hundred laps, it would that would have been good too. Yeah, it wouldn't have been as good. Just, for him, it's but. just hard to predict. I, I don't yeah. know how he knew that that was the thing to do, but. Uh, maybe maybe he remembered blowing that tire at the Grassy yeah, Smith race. Yeah, maybe so. I mean, I, I've seen people make that make all one hundred oh, yeah. laps there, 
But and I've seen people like blow out at the checkered. I think Mike Marler won it, and he had a flat in Victory Lane. So uh huh, I remember that. Yeah, it's a yeah. gamble. I mean, yeah, it really is. That, but yeah, like we said too, I think it's I think it's still fun to see tire races like that, and you don't see them ever ever you know too often. There's not really too many 100 lap races in dirt late models anymore. Yeah, what do you think not, about running the 100 laps? Versus, well, that's like I said earlier. That's the first time I've ever led that race. You know, been the yeah. leader. In a hundred, that's the first time I've ever led a hundred lap race. So, I I didn't know what to do. Like I tried to pace myself as as good as I could, and I really don't think there was anything I could have done to make it. I mean, I made seventy six laps. I don't think I could have made one hundred. No. I might have could have made eighty or or ninety, but there was no way I was going to make a hundred. Yeah, it was just a tough deal. But yeah, it was a tough loss, man. I hated to see you lose that thing like that. I mean, it came down to tires and. There was nothing you could have done different. Man, I was hoping I was going to have my have me a blue gray one hundred winner on here. <laughs> I hate to let you down. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm like you. I like I like it when it's a tire game. Yeah. Uh, I just wish there was more of a chance that we could have made it a hundred laps or either like if it was a seventy five lap race. You know, I was right there at at either making it or not making it. Um, but I like when you got to gamble with a soft tire or a hard tire. Um, they're just going they're going to have to. Do a little something different. Next yeah, I would year. say there probably wasn't much gambling. I'd say everybody was on that same. Right. Yeah, everybody was on the same tire pretty yeah. much. The gamble was whether you were going to were they like, going to make it or not. Right. You know, I could see them guys back there pedaling too, and they. Yeah, there was one point so. at the race when on the restart, I was, I mean, I was like barely even quarter throttle, and not using any brake or anything, and my guy was telling me that I was pulling away. I'm like, how in the heck is that possible? Yeah. So I know yeah, you then were, I was riding. You were about a straightaway ahead, then you would catch the tail Right, end. and I was riding then, so I knew they had to be like either about to blow or, I mean, they were, I yeah, don't I see think, how they could have been going any slower. I think Jonathan Davenport was just pedaling it a whole yeah. lot there at the end. Well, man, it's been a good show today. I really do, I really, really do appreciate you coming out here and being a part of this, especially live and everything. I mean, you could have just as easily called us in, called us on the phone, but I really appreciate you coming out here and being a part of this, and I hope that the people will enjoy listening to it for sure. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on, and like you said, hopefully uh, y'all get more shows on and get more people on, and everybody will enjoy it. Yeah, hopefully we'll get you back on here next year, man. You got any sponsors you want to thank right quick before we close it out? Yeah, I want to thank Augie Bertram for... Uh, let me drive his car this year. Um, uh, Dave's Towing, Big Frog Transportation, MW uh, Transportation, Carl Sherwood, Ronnie McCarter, Felony Farms, um, Fred Caldwell Chevrolet, Clements Automotive, Hoosier Tire, uh, Integra Shocks. Um, you know, I got to thank all my crew guys for helping me. Uh, just like at Gaffney, or well, Lancaster and Gaffney, they were all there. Yeah, go ahead and name them. <laughs> well, I'll. I better not name name any because I'll forget some of yeah. them, and I don't want to piss anybody off. But you know they know who they are. What about Jerry Jackson? Is he still helping? Yeah, you he him? don't he don't come a whole lot anymore. I mean, he'll come every once in a while, but uh, yeah, I got a good group of guys that help me. That's cool, man. Well, like I say, man, I really do appreciate you coming out here and being a part of this. We're gonna go ahead and wrap up the show this week, and folks, that's been another edition of the Forward Bike Podcast this week. I'm your host, Kyle Armstrong. We'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.